ready. Hit it. Ready to cut through the BS and hear some ways to drive your business forward today? Yeah. Welcome, Welcome to Biz Sprints Podcast with your host, know the name. Michael McMillan. Check it out. Hey everybody, welcome back to another week of Biz Sprints. This is Michael McMillan and thank you so much for coming back for another week of tips and tricks to help drive your business forward. This week, I wanted to talk to you guys about probably one of the most critical parts of your business and that is the pivot. So many business owners and entrepreneurs, when they're first starting their company or even if you've been in business for 30 years, you'll come to a point in which you realize you must pivot this business if it's going to stay in existence for another 30 years or even another day. (laughs) There's gonna have to be something that's gonna have to change and sometimes a big fundamental change inside of your business to ensure its long-term success. So today I thought thought what we'd do is, is have a discussion about that and share with you guys some of my own personal pivots that I've been through and give you some of the you know items specifically around you know how did I ensure stability while I was working through the pivot? How did I finance it? What did we do to make sure that we weren't going through these pivots too often and ensuring that we weren't just pivoting for pivot's sake? And then final pieces is making sure, how did I make sure, especially in our business and some of our other entrepreneurs' business that we worked in, not getting lost in the work and making sure that we emerged more successful and still running our businesses. So where I wanted to first start here is let's talk about the pivot itself. Right? What it, you know, so many people, they, I know this term is almost being overused, I think, in some opinions right now is, but what is it, right? So when I'm referring to pivoting your business, what I'm talking about, this can be something as subtle as pivoting your marketing messaging, right? So if, you know, for years and years, you've always talked about how you're the cheapest in the industry or you're the, you're the cheapest that is out there, you know, and then all of a sudden you're not seeing enough sales coming through your conversions or your lead rates are going down. So the pivot might be to change from that to something as simple as we provide the most value, right? And that could be the simple pivot, right? All the way up to a large pivot. It's something that I actually went through here, even at BizPrints, we went through just recently, you know, where it could be literally you're offering product A and product A is no longer relevant to your customer type. So now you're going to offer product B (laughs) and that's a very different side of your business. And, you know, when you go through that, That is a massive undertaking in your organization. I mean, a lot of times it requires, you know, it could be as much as like what we did is where we actually completely rebranded the organization. We kept the name, but we, you know, updated our whole look, updated our entire website, updated all of our marketing messaging. We went even as far as updating all of the titles of our staff and everything to ensure that continuity throughout the pivot. And you know, so it can be, you know, as small as I said, uh, something as small as just changing your messaging to as large as what we went through here at Biz Sprints. The important piece is to ensure that when you are doing this, A, you're doing this for a very specific reason. So many business owners that I've worked with, and sometimes we're called in, you know, way too late. Usually when we're called in, it's just, it's already gone way too far down the road and they're realizing, hey, oh my God, our revenues are going to hell. Like, Mike, we just need your help. And at that point, we're just trying to kind of make hay with what we got. But I will tell you is this, before you start thinking about anything to do with pivoting your, especially your core business, make sure you ensure that you need to pivot that much of your business. And then number two is this, make sure you have a plan. And when I mean a plan, I'm not just talking about like, 
oh yeah, we'll do this, this, and this, and then we'll make these phone calls, we'll have someone update our branding, and we'll be good. Cool, okay, great, yeah. Oh, awesome, bro. Yeah, that's not gonna work. You need to write this out. And when I mean write it out, I mean physically write this thing out, you know, either on paper or on a computer, but have you know milestone dates, project timeline this thing, a burn down charts, everything. This is critical. And I will tell you, and just please take it from someone who's lived it on both sides. The first pivot I ever did long, long time ago, we did in our organization and we pivoted basically much of how we were selling our product and how we were positioning our entire company. And I was running sales at the time and I made the unilateral decision kind of to actually completely change the way we were selling our business, specifically we were actually, I was going to increase the rates in which we were charging clients for training. I was going to start charging clients for supervision. For, so for the supervisors that oversaw the uh, call center staff and also add on some additional ancillary fees as well and protect the business through increased deposits as well. So I was raising rates across the board for our organization. And this was, and much of our team was thinking I was insane for doing it. But when I did it, I had a very very carefully crafted strategy and reason for doing this. And even more so, I, you know, really enforced it with a client. <laughs> the ultimate, ultimate way in pushing anything through when you're trying to do it and you're the head of sales is bring money. <laughs> so I did that. And I will tell you, we went through the pivot beautifully. The client came in, they were overjoyed, they were happy, they were pleased, they were okay with paying all the additional rate, all the additional fees, and it made sense to them because we we thought through it carefully. We strategized about it, we planned out our entire project plan, and we executed on it flawlessly. Ended up increasing our profits monumentally and really changed the way our business sold our services going forward. Really, it's one of the probably the key moments in my career at that organization and something that I really saw a benefit into the organization. Now, we contrast that against another time with another organization I was working for where we saw the product in which we were selling was just not taking like we expected it to. So we had an emergency meeting. We talked through it. How are we going to get through this? What are we going to do? How are we going to pivot, you know, our, either our positioning? Do we need to pivot the product? What do we need to do with this? And the final decision was that we were going to do both. We are going to position some of the core uh, fundamentals of the product as well as position some of the way in which we're selling and marketing the product as well. The decision was made quickly. It was executed on even faster. And I'm not going to say it was all bad because it wasn't. Um, we did actually see some increased market penetration from doing it. But what I will tell you is, is it was hell internal. I'm talking long, long, long hours, hard days. The team stressed to the max, much because most people didn't know what they had were supposed to be doing now. You know, we had these team members who were before working down a very clear path of execution and which way they're going. And now all of a sudden we're changing all of that. We're changing the way in which that they're supposed to be talking about the product and how they're supposed to be presenting the product. And we did it literally overnight. And when you pivot that fast, I'll tell you, it just, it tore through our organization and it just was felt all over the place. And it just really just drained, you know, everyone out of, you know, just all that excitement just took a long time to re-engage everyone. And all of it stems back from pure and simple. We didn't take the time with it to really strategize and craft a plan. And looking back on it, I will tell you, we had the time. We could have done it. But instead, you know, we decided to just immediately make the shift, 
rather than really taking the time to strategize and get that thing done carefully. And looking back, yeah, I would tell you that's it was a misstep that I had. It was a misstep that you know I should have tried helping give guidance to the team just because I've lived through the other side of it. But you know, live and let learn. It's how we live. It's how we grow. It's how we grow, right? Now, you know, beyond the strategy side of it, though, too, is guys is making sure the stability of the organization is continuous is also very critical. Even in that last example I just gave you there, right? You know, one of the things that our team kept saying to me is like, Mike, I just don't know what I'm exactly supposed to be doing right now. And again, that stability comes from the plan, right? And it's when everyone knows what exactly what they're supposed to be doing, they're well-trained and they're well-versed on it, you'll get that level and that sense of stability. There will be still some unstable moments, right? You're going to still walk in, you know, the next day and people are going to still be not exactly sure what they should be doing. But if you've empowered your team appropriately, many times they'll just wing it, right? And I know that sounds dangerous, but I'll tell you, in my experience, sometimes some of the greatest moments in our company has been done when our team, I mean, they really just took the risk. They felt that they're okay to do it. They felt comfortable taking the risk. They knew it was very risky, but they did it. And sometimes, you know, it was the win was amazing. The fails, yeah, they were pretty hard, but the wins way outshine the fail. And that's why we've always told our team, you will never, ever, ever get in trouble for trying something new as long as it's in the best interest of the business and the client. And as long as that those two align and it's ethical, we're golden. And I will tell you, and if you're not doing it at your team, I'd strongly suggest you guys you know, check that out. I mean, really, you sh- your team should be willing and empowered enough to make decisions and do them if it's as long as it's in the best interest, like I said, of the company, the client, and it's ethical. If it fits those three, tell them, go for it all day long because you'll you'll be amazed by what you're going to get out of it. So the bigger piece of all this though, right? When we pivot, it costs money. And I'll tell you, man, is it not a little bit amount of money? You know, I mean, the first example I gave you, of course, where we increased our rates, you know, I mean, that's, you know, you'd think, oh, well, Mike, that's, you know, just made you more money. Well, no, remember, I still had to go sell that, right? I had to go sell that to other people. So in doing so, and it did happen, our sales cycles slowed down. All of a sudden, our, you know, our beautiful pipeline that seemed to be getting some good velocity pumping through it slowed way down. And you're talking in that industry, we were working on anything from nine to 18 month sales cycles. So to get slowed down in that type of sales cycle is scary to say the least. I mean, because you're already vested in these companies, you know, sometimes, you know, tens, if not maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars already put into these deals, you know, working them for sometimes multiple years, uh, working these deals down to try to get them over to your organization. I mean, granted, these are multi, multi multi-million dollar contracts, but still, you know, a lot of money on the line, a lot of money riding on your ability to bring that thing into the house. So again, when you slow down that pipeline even more, it's a big risk, you know? So you need money and you need to be able to float yourself. Now, if you're an established company, you have the luxury, of course, of having revenues already behind you. And I will tell you, if you guys are an established company, what I mean by an established company is a company who's been earning profit, and, and I mean this profit, right? Like you bottom line profit that has stayed in the business from, in my opinion, more than three years in a row. Um, it used to be five, just with the tech community now who don't believe in profit, it seems like. <laughs> um, I've lowered it down to three. If you've had five years of profitability, you're doing amazing. If you had 10 or more, you are a unicorn, right? Now, 
Here's the second criteria though. So three years of profitability. And I started to kind of maybe hint on that a second ago, which is, and you've left some of that profit in the business. To be an established business in my books, there must be a war chest available to the company. Why? Because of pivots that you might be going through or need to go through and you might not be aware of. The pivots cost cash. You know, in, in a, uh, for our organization here at BizSprints, what we did, and I'm sorry, I haven't really articulated what we did. So about just about over a month and a half ago now, BizSprints pivoted basically. We, we actually did two pivots. We did a pivot and then we went back. <laughs> so going back a little bit further, actually, almost three months ago now, I made the decision that BizSprints was going to start diversifying our revenue base. Up until then, we were strictly sales and leadership and management consulting. That's what we did. Uh, we were a consulting house that really helped guide businesses to you know, becoming more profitable and being more successful, really across the board. Then as we kept growing and as we kept taking on new clients, one of the things that we kept getting asked for was marketing support. And it seemed like a logical place to move into, especially since I had overseen marketing departments, I'd overseen sales departments, you know, I'd overseen account management. I, I, know, I knew the world and I knew how to oversee this. I will tell you straight out, the one thing I'd never done was start a marketing agency from scratch. <laughs> so I decided to, you know, say, hey, what the hell, you know, let's, let's go for it. And I went out, I recruited a, a great guy to run our marketing team. And we started and we, uh, we started selling business, we started selling accounts, started projects, and we got about a month and a half in and the head of the marketing per, uh, department that I hired in, him and I just, you know, we, we had a conversation about it. Things just weren't going the way we both pleased and we decided to part ways. And when we decided to part ways, it, it really woke up, I guess you could say the business and what it quickly shined a very blaring light on is that we had no business being in marketing. We are salespeople. We are great at sales. We knew sales strategy through and through, and we still do. That was our niche. That was where all of our revenue was coming out of. That's where all of our clients we were shining with. That's where our clients loved us. The marketing side of it, we band-aided it together, and we had no business being there. So I had to make the hard decision to turn it down. And I will tell you, it was probably one of the hardest decisions in my professional career that I had to admit to myself is that we missed. And, you know, rewinding that clock is not easy, you know, especially when you've already had commitments to clients and you have to, you know, kind of go eat some dirt and go take that on the chin. It's not an easy thing to do to an ego, but luckily, you know, we run our company with humility and we believe in, you know, no matter what, we stay ethical and we stay, you know, we stay true to our word no matter what. And you know, we just told it as it is. I mean, that's why I have no problem even speaking about it here on this podcast, because I'm hoping you guys can learn from it. Never fear failure. You know, it's something you need to embrace. It's something you need to be proud of. When you miss, there's so much you learn from it. In our case, we rediscovered our organization like never before. I mean, we, when we left that first meeting, I'll never forget, it was in my office. It was myself, my sales guru, Anna Contreras, my strategy guru, Amanda Brown, and my wife, Stephanie McMillan. And all of us were in my office and we're sitting there and I'm sitting on the floor and just, you know, we're, you know, whiteboarding thing and just kind of talking through everything about this pivot. And like, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to get through all this? And, you know, and it was, I'll never forget, it was, it was my wife and, you know, Stephanie just looked at us all and she's like, why are you doing marketing? And when she asked that, I'll, I'll just never forget, like, 
my whole team, it just, it's like it, it all hit us like across the face, right? Like, I mean, it's like she just smacked us as hard as she could. And we all just realized, we're like, why in are we doing market? Like, we're sales. Like, that's what we do. We do it great. Like, we're so pumped and energized about every second someone will talk to us about sales. And when we realized that, we're like, okay, here we go. I jumped up on my feet, we got to the whiteboard, and we literally rewrote the entire corporate strategy. And in reality, we didn't really rewrite it. We just rewound it. We went back to where we started. We went back to where this company was founded from. And in doing so, really made an amazing solution for our clients. I mean, immediately, we had two clients sign up with us. And right away, started seeing ROI from our services. And, you know, following that, we've continued to assign almost a client a week right now and continuing to drive massive amounts of new revenue and new ROI into those organizations right away and really getting their businesses aligned in a great sales strategy. So I share all of that with you though, again, because that was not cheap. And trust me, I, <laughs> you know, this business is not, you know, this is business is not sitting on like 10 million in capital that we're, you know, pulling from. This is, I, you know, I self-funded this company myself personally. And one of the proudest things I've always been about this business is that, you know, we run, we ran profitable since the first month I was in business with this company. And, you know, that was not something easy to do. But when you go through this massive of a pivot in your organization, it takes money. And I'll tell you, for me, I was I was very lucky because I reincorporated this organization just in February of 2016. I was under that one year time limit that where you can start going to traditional banks and start getting you know SBA loans, line of credits, blah 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 blah. So I had to you know I had to get creative. And where the team that really saved our ass, to be honest with you, is a company called Swift Capital. Swift Capital is just like many of the others, you know, if you know Cabbage Loans or any of those guys. But it was funny. I was remember I was sitting at my desk and I'm looking through our financials and I'm looking through all the burn and everything on, you know, current rates and everything. And I'm like, okay, we need an infusion. We didn't need much, but we just needed an infusion just to kind of bridge us to give us a little breathing room because I wanted to make sure we were going to be comfortable and set. And I, especially, you know, my team, you know, I have staff, so I got to make sure they're comfortable. And I'll never forget, I looked down at my desk. And there's this random card from Swift Capital. It goes back to why I tell so many people, don't give up on direct mail. It's so powerful to your business. And I remember I just picked up the card. I picked up my phone. I gave those guys a call. And 48 hours later, I got quite a bit of money being wired into my account. And, you know, yeah, it's not cheap money. I mean, you're paying some serious juice on that cash. But you know what? It was exactly what we needed right when we needed it. I can't thank those guys at Swift Capital enough. And I, that's why I'm, I'm pimping you out here, guys. I mean, seriously, amazing crew, amazing team. They've been there for our organization. It, it, seriously, if it wasn't for Swift Capital, I, I don't you know, I, I don't know where we'd exactly be. I mean, they did exactly what we needed them to do right when we needed them to do it and really bridged us amazingly. And that's one thing, you know, guys, with that, know your financial options. I somewhat pride myself on my financial prowess. I'm, I'm pretty financially minded. I've done some investing over my time and I've, uh, I surround myself with what I'd like to think of some great investment minds, you know, from a couple of my good friends, you know, one of my good friends, Carl, he's a head fund manager. Uh, a few of my good buddies are wealth managers. I know a lot of brokers, uh, just, I don't know why I surround myself with those people. They're so crazy, but I love you guys to death. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, so I, I'm surrounded by money men and money women and just, and I will tell you though, is, is that the one thing I missed there was, is, you know, I didn't have all my ducks in a row on 
Where can I get access to capital when exactly I might need it the worst? And now I will tell you that is probably far and beyond one of the most buttoned up documents I have in my business is, you know, my A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V plans <laughs> for getting cash. And it allows for me to ensure that no matter what, I have that continuity of capital for my business. And if our company, and I mean really if, that's that's horrible to say, it's when our company needs to pivot again, I know where money's going to be. In addition to that too, it says, you know, my my straight line goal is just in the next 12 months is to be where I can consider myself, you know, on the path to being an established business. We are building our war chest like no one's business because I want to make sure in the future, I don't have to pay that kind of juice like I had to pay when we pivoted this company. So make sure guys, like uh, I seriously cannot stress enough. And I know there's a long rant there, but like when you're talking about the financing your business, and maybe we'll get into this in another podcast, but seriously, when you're talking about the pivot specifically, know your plan ahead of time. Like if you're going to take anything from this podcast, that should be it. Like take a piece of paper, pull over right now, just get on your phone and write this down. Make a finance plan for your business and make sure it's vetted. Call these people, know these people, talk to them, start working with them, set up an account. I mean, you know, guess what? Best thing I'm ever doing with Swift Capital is I took that money because guess what? Now I'm constituted as this VIP client thing. I don't even know what I'm, whatever, but it gives me quicker access to cash. And if I need it, like if I'm desperate, I know where I can get it for this, for my company. In addition to, like I said, we're now writing this, you know, we're writing the glide path to get to our one year anniversary. And as soon as we get there, you know, we've already queued up. We've already been talking to our bank. We're already ready to get our potential line of credit opened up with the bank, which now gives us me access to even cheaper capital when I need it. So know your routes, know where you're going to go when things get bad and tight because they are. Don't kid yourself. Profitability is not something sustainable 100% of the time. You're going to go down into those days and months where profit is just not going to be where you need to be. And it's really not profit, it's cash flow. It's the cash flow will not be where it needs to be. Because even with our company, net net, we've been profitable month over month. But the cash flow of the business, that's rough. And you got to make sure you got that float cash or at least access to where you're going to get that float cash, especially as you're going through your pivot. Because for, again, I mean, to get you guys back all the way to this example here, when we when we eliminated our marketing services, we lost literally 85% of our client base. I think it was actually closer to 90%. And, you know, we did it because we knew we had to. And some were strategic, some, you know, some were just a shame and we, you know, but we parting ways with our clients as best we can and making sure that they're happy and placing them as, you know, as properly as we can. But when you're doing that, you know, that was a lot of revenue that's all of a sudden going out the door and that we have to replace. And luckily I have the most amazing sales staff known to mankind. <laughs> Better, right? When we run a sales team, <laughs> uh, sales team selling, selling. <laughs> but luckily they were able to come through. And yes, they were able to start increasing cash flow through new client acquisition. But you know, it was, it was through our financing that really is what gave us that bridge we needed. So really guys, do not slack on that. Even if you're just imagining starting a business imagining starting your business first with where you're going to get cash when you need it. <laughs> okay. Now the next piece with this though, is, is about talking about not pivoting too often. Luckily for me, this was something my team is very good about holding me accountable to. 
I have the true entrepreneur's disease, and, and they know it. They, <laughs> if you were to ever have a chance uh, to meet Amanda Brown, who's on my team, she'll tell you all about me. And she's she just kind of laughs and jokes because she knows like it's you know it's my crazy genius that clients love about me, but you know sometimes drives her crazy because she is my project manager too. So, <laughs> but the big thing here, guys, is if you are a visionary and if you're if you're a true blue visionary, similar to kind of how I am, you need to make sure that you try to keep it tame. And what I mean by that is, is don't 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 I'm not saying hold it back. Keep doing what you're doing. Do never let your vision slow down. And never let you know, never stop sharing what your vision for your business is. But be realistic about it too. You know, for us, like we, you know, when we pivoted away from marketing and went straight into sales, that was a big pivot, right? I mean, the last thing I could ever do to my client base, though, is, is let's say, you know, it would be in a month later being like, oh, now we're back in marketing again. No, it'd be, it'd be just detrimental to my brand and to who I am and to our ethics and everything, especially after we just told all these companies, like, uh, we're not doing that anymore and refunding money, et cetera. So, I mean, like even when you do an acquisition, right, you have that cooling off period. It's just time to kind of just go away and get away from everything. And because we want you away from this while we get this acquisition, you know, complete and get this merger done. That's kind of what you need to do here too, is when you do a pivot, um, a large pivot, minor pivots, a little bit different, but large scale pivot, you need a cooling off period. And, you know, Amanda was great with our team. I'll never forget when we're, when we got done writing our new structure and everything, you know, she's the first one to chime up. She's like, okay, great guys. Um, what do you think? Six months, a year. I'm like, how about four, four months sounds good. We're, we're still a startup company. <laughs> and, and that's what we agreed to is that basically this is our model and it's locked for four months. We can't touch it. And, it, you know, yes, we can iterate it. We can make improvements to it, but the core piece of our business is is a hundred percent locked down for four months unless thing you know unless shit totally hits the fan and it's been great you know it allows for us to have continuity of our messaging our marketing team uh, actually loves us the team is you know really able to rally behind us and have much clearer conversations with our prospects and our clients and it's been great so it's one thing i will tell you is is make sure you have that ability to be able to say it's like if you're going to make of pivot in your company and you should have the specifics and what this relates to. If this is like your revenue stream, your management structure, your model, whatever it is, you know, you guys are gonna have to pick this individually, but then have a cooling off period from it too. So once we make this change, we cannot make another change in this unless it's truly being a complete detriment to the company. And what I mean by a detriment to the company, like it's gotta be able to be putting you out of business. You have a lockdown period. If you're still in startup mode, I, I really like where we're at. We give ourselves four months and in four months, we reopen the whole enchilada. We look at it, see what's in it, make sure it's everything we still want. Then we lock it back down for another four months. So we've decided to do this on a trimester schedule per year. It's just how our business is going to, is running now going forward. Some companies, it might be quarterly. Some might be annual. Some might be biannual, whatever your business is. Um, that's something you have to make a decision on, but Really give yourself that opportunity to have the cooling off period. It's so, so critical, guys. Really, I can't, can't stress that enough. Then the final piece is, is when you're pivoting, this is going to be more for my small business and startup guys. Some of my medium size, I, I know some of you crazy owners out there, you know, so don't get lost in the work. I think it was lucky enough for me is that I've, I've been through a massive pivot like this a few times. Uh, this is 
I can't even count them anymore. But like this is this was one of the biggest for me. But like just because it was personal. But like you know, even through organizations, I've I've been part of turnaround teams and such like that. So I I know what that feels like, and I've been through those massive scale projects. One of the easiest things to do when you're in that pivot is get lost in the work. And I'll tell you, one of the best lessons I learned was actually from quite literally one of my greatest mentors ever. His name's uh, Frederick Wiener. Uh, he's the CEO of The Connection, amazing call center company. that I had the uh, great honor of being his VP of sales for quite a number of years. And Fred, Fred really showed me the importance of staying a leader through everything. And, you know, yes, you do need to sometimes put your head down and sometimes you need to get down in the dirt and, you know, get thing, you know, basically get shit done. Right. But it's so, so important to never forget your position of leadership, you know, because at the end of the day, you have a team who needs you to lead them and guide them and to be that example for them to help point the direction in which they need to march and go to. And even though you might go down in the dirt and have to, you know, sit there shoulder to shoulder with them to fight through the battle, you know, at some point you got to stand back up and look, are we still fighting in the right direction? And I will tell you, uh, I was really, it, Fred was, you know, really the man who helped me learn that in myself and really helped me discover my leadership skills. And, but more than that, really understand that critical nature of like when you're, when you're going through this pivot and you're going to be working. And I mean, you're going to be working a lot. Let's not joke around here, guys. Like, I mean, even when BizSprint just got through theirs, I mean, I was putting in 80, 90, 100 hour weeks. I mean, on a pretty regular clip. I mean, that just started slowing down probably this week is really the first week it started to slow down. But I knew I had to. But even with those long hours and even those long days and those nonstop networking events and nonstop presentations, et cetera, I never forgot my role a CEO with this organization. I also never forgot that my team, my troops, right, they needed me at all points in time to be able to make sure that what I was doing was being communicated back to them so that they could act on it as well. And that's, guys, I'm telling you, one of the most critical things you could do is just don't get lost in the work and never forget, you are the leader of this business. You are, the buck stops there. And if you're just down in the dirt selling or, you know, account management or finance or whatever your, you know, guilty pleasure is, who's running that company? And the answer is no one. You got to never forget you're the leader of this company. So I'm going to leave you guys on that note, you know, and making sure really, you know, just to recap here, when you're going through this pivot, making sure you understand first and foremost is, does the business need to go through it? Is it the proper time to do it? And how are you going to get through that? building your strategy and building your strategy from all angles. And that's one of the big ones, of course, I pushed on there for you is the financial angle. Never, never forget that plan. Making sure you also look at the salesmanship of it, right? That's where we come involved. We advise so many organizations who are going through these massive pivots on just that. They bring us in and they say, hey, Mike, we know we need to either go into this new market or this market is starting to hurt us and we're trying to figure out what to do next. And we just come in to look through that to help them prep for the pivot from a sales strategy perspective. And I will tell you, I it's so amazing to me though that how rare we do that with clients ahead of it. Because many times, most of the clients that we work with, especially the ones I advise personally on, they bring us in after. 
And they're like, Mike, we've already spent, you know, $4 million of all of our investors' money. We only have a million left. And I'm like, what'd you guys do? And they're like, well, we spent it on all this sales stuff. We, you know, we built, you know, we have regional salespeople across the United States and they have sales engineers with them across the United States. And I'm like, guys, like, holy cow, look at, like, why don't you just have an inside sales team and like one regional salesperson, <laughs> like just covering all of North America? I'm like, you got to cut your cost in, you know, by 90%. It's insanity. But, you know, it's really just take and pay attention to the sales strategy. And same thing with marketing, you know, so you can just go down the boat, marketing, finance, HR, you know, human resources, et cetera, et cetera, legal, et cetera. Just make sure when you know a pivot's coming, especially the, I'm talking more about the big ones, the little ones, the day-to-day ones, those, make sure you got your inner circle, make sure you got your troops all in alignment, you're good to go there. But your big boys, when you're pivoting the big side of your business, and for my small and medium-sized companies, these are you guys, these are, I watch you guys do these sometimes off the cuff, and it makes me cringe. Get a strategy in place, Give me a call, like give my network a call, give people you know a call. Like if you know people who are experts in marketing, sales, HR, accounting, operations, et cetera, engineering, whatever it is, call them. You would be shocked how many people just like me who are willing to probably sit on the phone with you for a good half hour, an hour and just BS with you and just talk through what you're going through and give you some advice. Or shoot us an email here. We'll probably talk about it on a podcast. We'll help you out. We actually just did a case study. We're a part of uh, MIT just doing a case study. And it was an amazing thing. Watching this entrepreneur come to a panel of really strangers and just opening his business up to us and saying, hey, listen, I'm about to pivot my company. It's a company called Field Logics. I will put their link on our website with this post as well, just so you guys have it. You know, but this gentleman is uh, CEO. His name is Yukon. Started the company ten years ago, and I just was—I was so taken back, just like his, uh, you know, his willingness to be humble and come in front of this large group of people through the MIT Enterprise Forum, and then, like I said, and just really kind of almost get his business torn apart by these three people. Me being one of them, a gentleman. He was a venture capitalist and another technologist, and just allowing us to just really tear his company apart and giving him input to really help making sure that pivot is done just right. And you know, we talked through all those pieces of it. Again, operations, engineering, sales, marketing, you know, funding, finance, etc. And I will tell you just now talking to Yukon after the fact is like, you know, he he's even told me and shared with me. He just believes now like he's got such a stronger go-to-market strategy with this thing. And it's it's really been an amazing thing to see you guys. So really make sure you get in there and take the time to get that strategy built. Vet it through everyone you know. Call people, even if they're random strangers, just get a hold of them and be like, listen, I just want to send you my plan and I just need two seconds to hear back what you think. You'll be shocked. How many people will do that for you? The other piece, right? Don't pivot too often. Once you pivot this business, lock that thing down. Do a cooling off period. Let that thing have a chance to survive and win. You know, I mean, you're not going to see success overnight with most things when you're pivoting. You know, I mean, I'll tell you, even with biz sprints, man, that first week, oh, when we first did this, there, that first week was a grueling first week because, I mean, we had... We're losing clients. I mean, we're letting clients go. We're refunding money. We're doing all this work. And just like, I'll tell you that first week was so grueling. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it's almost to a point where you're like, am I doing the right thing? But you know, you just stick with it and, but don't pivot back, stay on the course. 
And because again, what it will do is, is once you get through it and similar for us, it was, you know, that second week, that second week was magical. I'll never forget it. When we got to that second week, you know, we got two people who are, you know, are very interested in our, you know, they're like, yes, we love what you guys are now doing. We're very interested in going with you. And we sealed those two contracts up and we knew we were on our way. And next thing we know, our pipeline is getting full. I got things moving through it. You know, I'm looking at Anna's pipeline. I'm like, man, this thing's incredible. It's better than it's ever been. And we have clients coming in week after week after week. And that's exactly what you want to see. But you got to let it take time and know your business. Know your business well enough to know what that time is. Because, you know, our sales cycles is usually about 14 days. But, you know, most businesses are not. You know, your company might be similar to my old one. I was back in the days and, you know, nine months to a year. Woohoo! Yeah, you better hope that pivot works. <laughs> you know, so, and again, it's all about the financing to, you know, help you bridge that to know if it did work or not. And then last and final piece, you know, which I already mentioned, guys are just not getting lost in the business, you know, making sure you stay as that leader you are. If you guys do all that, the pivot's going to go amazing. You guys are going to see some incredible success. And so with that, guys, to your success and prosperity, my name is Michael McMillan. Thank you so much for coming back for another week of tips and tricks. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thank you for listening to Biz Sprints Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us at bizsprints.com for more tips and tricks to drive your business forward. No doubt about it.